What'll it be, stranger? It has to be me. You have to take me back there. We made this thing. All of us. Please. You're listening to the Hollywood Saloon. Saloon Shots, round 18. Variety dated Monday, July 12th. Norton out as Hulk. A war of words erupted between Marvel Studios topper Kevin Feige and WME over the weekend after it was revealed that Norton was being replaced as Bruce Banner in Joss Whedon's The Avengers, which unites Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, and Hulk on the big screen. You have to do this, please. This is insane. Betty, I've got to try. In a tersely worded statement to the entertainment website HitFix, Phage touched on rumors that Norton had been difficult to work with while making 2008's reboot of The Incredible Hulk. Our decision is definitely not one based on monetary factors, but instead rooted in the need for an actor who embodies the creativity and collaborative spirit of our other talented cast members, Phage wrote. The Avengers demands players who thrive working as part of an ensemble, as evidenced by Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Sam Jackson, and Scarlett Johansson. We are looking to announce a name actor who fulfills these requirements and is passionate about the iconic role in the coming weeks. Makes me think of the scene in Ghostbusters where Bill Murray says, Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. You know, here we go again. It's like you and I have covered all this superhero stuff for... The oh, we're on the Marvel beat. Yeah. It, it's like we're digging backwards. It's like, you know, there was like a ray of light for a second, and we saw things were going right. And then at the end, it's like they always jump in and bring somebody who wants to just come and shit on all the things that just smell so sweet for a few moments, you know? I mean, how exciting has it been the way that we've had these films, good or lukewarm or whatever they've ended up being, is that at least there was this thing that we were all heading towards, this Avengers. I mean, I like the fact that Joss Whedon is heading this film. But at the same time, obviously, he doesn't have complete control over this thing because you've got these guys warming their little ways in there and, and causing trouble. To think about what, what has been kind of going on, maybe we kind of overlook it, but it is kind of strange to think about that here we are in 2010 and yet these superhero movies are attracting the talents of the likes of a Robert Downey Jr. and an Edward Norton. At heart, being the age that they are, you know they grew up on these these characters. And there has to be a certain kind of appeal to being offered the chance to play Bruce Banner or the Incredible Hulk. If you're a big Hulk fan, like you and I were kind of growing up. But I always thought Norton was a good choice for a second Bruce Banner anyway, because he was playing Bruce Banner a lot of the time. And what he brought to that, I thought, kept me interested in the film. I thought he brought a lot to it and would be very useful in other installments if they ever decided to go that way. And uh, the thought of him working with Robert Downey Jr. and Sam Jackson... And whoever they have, I, I guess, what is it? Chris Evans is playing Captain America now? Right. Chris Evans and, and Chris Hemsworth, who had played Kirk's father in uh, Star Trek, okay. playing Thor. So it sounds like a, it, that would be a good ensemble cast of actors. Because, I mean, isn't the Avengers going to be kind of talky anyway? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, when, I, when I think about 
what they had accomplished with the reboot of The Incredible Hulk. Remember, there was no discussion of Eric Bana moving over and doing a sequel because of what they perceived as a flop, uh, and they needed to reboot. So they rebooted. And I always wondered about that. It wasn't really Bana. Did you think that was the issue? I mean, it was how he was directed to give that portrayal of Bruce Banner. I mean, Banner's got range. He can do what you want him to do. If that's what you want him to do, that's what he did. But you got to remember, you know, uh, the other one was branded a, f- a failure. And so they throw the baby out with the bathwater and they have to reboot know, the entire thing. And they were they were really blessed that they got someone like Ed Norton. When I heard that he was doing that, I was, number one, shocked that he would do that, that Ed, Ed Norton would come onto this. So it's obvious he had a love for this character. And it elevated that film because, you know, we were, we were obviously going down a step uh, with our director to someone who was more of an action director rather than a big drama director. So they, we saw the path where they wanted to go with this thing. They said, no more heady drama stuff, you know, no more Academy Award-nominated uh, uh, Oscar, you know, directors here. Uh, we want an, a straight-up action guy. That's the way they went. But when you threw Ed Norton's name in there, it was like, oh wow, okay, you know, that gives it a little bit of a little bit of weight. I'm I'm interested now to see where where it's going to go. And again, it ended up being what it was. But at the very least, you had this person who pulled off uh, Bruce Banner in in a great way, you know, as good or better than Eric Banner did. And they're obviously saying this is not a money issue. So it's like you've got this all-star team. You spend an entire film having this character, this this actor attached to this character, and yet now you're coming into your big game, your big final all-star meeting, and you're going to throw him out? I mean, that's the thing about when you hire someone like Edward Norton, though. It's you need to know what you're buying because he just not is going to sign on to it lightly. He, he right. probably comes from the school of you either care or you don't care. There's no in-between. He's either going to go full throttle for this character and this part, or he's just not going to give a damn at all. And I just think that when he invested himself into it, I mean, from what I understand, he knew the comics. He knew the TV show. He knew the character inside and out. He could talk, you know, pretty competently about it. And there are rumors, of course, you know, he rewrote the script and was given actors pages under their hotel room doors. And, you know, I guess using whatever sort of uh, power that he had to try and make the film the best that he thought it could be. You know that there was some issues with uh, the cut when it came out, and he he'd sort of publicly talked against it. Now, I don't know how all that played out in certain manners. Now I just think Marvel's taking a look at it and going, you know what? We're just preventing a headache, I guess, right? Let's just make it easy on ourselves. But in this day and age, is that really a, that smart of a move? Will this have backlash? That's the first question. Is, is right. Does anyone care? And I care. I bet Josh Whedon cares. I bet he, he was pretty comfortable with the idea of having Edward Norton as, as Bruce Banner. Again, he brought that weight. But see, there's two schools here. And you have to look at – if you look at it from both perspectives, you can kind of see – that uh, there's a history behind both sides of this argument. Ed Norton obviously is someone who is considered, you know, a trouble actor, if you will, maybe. Didn't he have some issues on American History X and eventually got control of that film? Right. There was a, a battle between the various edits between director Tony Kay and the studio New Line, and this was an infamous battle. And it came to where Tony Kay had done a cut of the film that everyone liked, and then he went, no. I can make it better. 
and he went and shaved out like 15 minutes out of it and was starting to cut out a lot of things that Norton really liked, that everyone really liked, that thought was was giving a really strong performance. He was taking stuff like that out, and Norton was like, hey, wait a second. These are really good scenes. Why are you taking them out? You're hurting the movie. So it kind of came a battle of uh, perspective and viewpoint over that movie. And Norton eventually got his way, and he also got an Oscar nomination for that film. And when people think about the film... They really do. I mean, it's a powerful piece of work by Tony Kay. Sure. Um, there's no doubt about it. An extraordinary film debut from a director. And a lot of it is the power of Ed Norton's performance. But he's always been impressive. From Primal Fear, the first thing that I remember seeing him in, he's tried different kind of things. You know, he wrote, directed, and acted in that sort of comedy with Ben Stiller, the Keeping the Faith movie. Right. Uh, he even fulfilled uh, his contract and did the Italian job, even though he didn't want to do it. And, <laughs> Fought and kicked his way all the way to the set to uh, in his bad mustache to uh, fulfill his contract there. But, I mean, come on. I think if you looked at 25th Hour or Fight Club, you can see that you know this is an actor that is committed to his craft. I mean, even doing a movie like The Score. You know, I read the greatest quote from Norton. He says, are you kidding? I did that movie just for the poster. <laughs> I mean, when else can you be in a poster with your name, with Brando and Robert De Niro? Come on. Right. Um, I'm sure just those scenes alone was was worth doing that movie. So I don't know. I see him as a working actor. I mean, he's done smaller, independent type fair films down in the valley. Well, he's also juggled, you know, something like The Incredible Hulk. And I think I see an Edward Norton that's obviously very open to uh, all different kinds of projects. So this seemed like a nice fit for him, him to have sort of this other blockbuster movie that kind of keeps you out there. Um, Everybody wants a hit franchise, well, right? And, and who's and who's to say that the film might have been more successful had we not seen kind of the the film that he was pushing for, the the way that uh, Incredible Hulk kind of got chopped up a little bit. I still don't think we saw even in any kind of a special edition or extended cut uh, the original vision that obviously he was defending. On that, but you can conclude it's character based. Sure, it wasn't an action scene that got cut no, you know, or something no. like that. It's character based, and they were railing against that um, because they didn't want to have the same problem happen that happened before with the first Hulk. Yeah, they were afraid. They wanted a Obviously, big, yeah. you know, Iron Man style uh, hit here. You know, they wanted something that was going to make two hundred fifty million dollars or more. So, but what they got was basically a repeat. And so it wasn't their successful reboot. So now they're saying, going into this, you know, obviously there was behind-the-scenes things. Well, here, let me read a little bit more of this uh, article to you here. The surprisingly loaded statement coming from an exec who usually doesn't discuss details on his slate of movies triggered a rebuttal from WME, which reps Nort. This offensive statement from Kevin Feige at Marvel is a purposely misleading, inappropriate attempt to paint our client in a negative light. Agent Brian Swordstrom wrote, Swordstrom detailed plans by Phage to bring back Norton as the Hulk saying meetings with Whedon had taken place and progressed to a financial offer. Negotiations got underway soon afterward. But last Wednesday, after several weeks of civil, uncontentious discussions, but before we had come to terms on a deal, Marvel decided to move on and cast another actor. We accepted their decision with no hard feelings, Swordstrom said. We know a lot of fans had voiced their public disappointment with this result, but this is no excuse for Fage's mean-spirited accusatory comments. 
his statement is unprofessional, disingenuous, and clearly defamatory. Mr. Norton's talent, tireless work ethic, and professional integrity deserve more respect, and so do Marvel's fans. Good agent. Send that agent a case of champagne. He's yeah. taking care of his client, as he should. Right. But he's not necessarily wrong, I don't think, based on the assessment. Is Why did they have to make that kind of statement and kind of slam Norton in that kind of way? I know why, because they're trying to get ahead of the story. And that's what you do these days. And you run out there, but you don't have to be so mean-spirited about it either. There was a very polite PR public way to do this to where it was like we couldn't come to an agreement, but, you know, we've parted ways, blah, blah, blah. But they wanted to shove that knife in where they could and make get that little jab in on Norton. And that is uncool. Well, and the question here is what happened in that week that, uh, that uh, WME was saying – that civil and uncontentious discussions were taking place, okay? So obviously they were working this out. Obviously Whedon uh, had gotten together with Norton to work this out. And it wouldn't shock me if, you know, according to what we've seen in the past, Norton didn't want to have some sort of a little bit of script control or or some sort of a say in the final product, you know, that said, hey, uh, I don't want to just throw this away because you jacked me with the last film, at the last minute when you showed me this film and when we were we were happy with it, and then you decided to chop it down. So it wouldn't shock me if he said, well, if you would like me to work for you again, which I would like to do. Um, you know, and again, this is all just conjecture here. We're just, we're just guessing. You know, I, I'm, just, I'm just thinking this out. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't try to put something there that helped defend his, his side of things. Um, and that's what could have led to this. And finally, Marvel just said, you know, who the hell does he think he is? We've got all these other, you know, uh, people who you could, you, and, you know, what are you going to say? Uh, you could say Sam Jackson's a bigger star than Ed Norton. You can say Robert Downey Jr. is a bigger star than Ed Norton if, if you want to look at it on a monetary basis. Uh, you know, and they probably aren't bringing that kind of uh, desire to control the project as Norton is in bringing this. So I could see there – Marvel's perspective, and then, uh, you know, Faze finally just cracking and saying, fuck this, you know, I'm not going to take this from, from an actor. Because, you know, in his statement, he talked about this being a team effort because you're getting all these people together. There's probably a lot of money being flown around. Um, they know this is the big thing they're heading toward, and they probably say, he gave us these headaches before. We don't want it again. So let's just recast it. Yeah, team effort as long as you don't speak up, right? What this producer didn't do was he didn't allow Whedon to get himself control over the project. Because part of a director's gig is to is to rein in someone like Norton if Norton's being out of bounds. Is Josh Whedon even doing a pass on the script? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know. But as a director, I can imagine that before he signed on, he had to say, I have the right to change things if I see that they're completely ridiculous, unless they just had well, such a... That's why you want to go. You say, sure, Edward, go to your trailer. Write as much as your little heart desire feels like right. it. Right, and then you and bounce you, it off. And you come back with all that material. And that way, Whedon can go, no, 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 yes, yes, no, right. yes, and no. We're going to do that. And that's collaboration. You know, I mean, it's always give and take. You're not going to get right. everything you want, but if you get some of those things, maybe it makes the film better. But so, hang no, on. I just, uh, I don't know. Now, now, flip this again, and let's look at the other side of it. Is this, there's a history behind money Marvel as well. Because well, hold on. What about money? Is it just, I don't know how much Edward Norton would get on a film like this. I mean, $5 million? 
Well, he know. said it. They all said that it had nothing to do with with the cash. Well, of course not. But if Marvel goes, you know what? We can just save five million right now by cutting Edward Norton. Well, you know you what? Know, if, we just heard about Sony signing their Spider-Man for two hundred fifty thousand dollars for right. three movies. You know, <laughs> and they're probably going, "Damn, that's what we need to do. We need cheap actors." Why are we paying them five million when we can get them for two hundred fifty thousand? Because I think if they've gone this far, they'll go a little bit further, you know. And if if you know what, it could very well be, but they're lying. You know what I mean? They'd rather look make it look like an artistic. I, split. I want to believe that because that is the cheapest investment to keep continuity like that in your films. Right. It's just like I wouldn't want to see Robert Downey Jr. replaced as Iron Man or any of those characters. I'm glad they signed Sam Jackson to, what, 12 films or something. Yeah. <laughs> so at least it's it's going to be consistent because I just don't like the inconsistencies um, no. when, they, when they have to recast and do that kind of thing. Like I said, let's look at the other side of this, is that Marvel has done this as well. We've seen when people are troublesome on Marvel films. What happened to um, Terrence Howard? You know, there was all... Who? <laughs> yeah, who? You mean Colonel James Rhodes? <laughs> Rhodey. Colonel James Rhodes. You mean the guy that said next time and then there was no time? <laughs> but obviously, remember, the issue there was that he was the highest paid person on that film because Robert Downey Jr. was not a big mega star. He was just a working actor at that point. And so to bring him back, they knew they were going to have to pay just as much. And I think that... From what it was written is that Terrence Howard was like, what happened? You know, I, I thought that this was a done deal. And then Don Cheadle was brought in. So apparently this is this is history repeating itself again where they just feel like it's so easy to do that. Now, this is indicative of a problem that Hollywood has, and this is the scab effect, okay? And I know that we've talked about scabs before. We, we need to get, get on a show to, to finally explain how we're feeling about that. But this is the whole deal to a certain extent where producers – um, are working on a product, okay? A film to Edward Norton is much different than a product to Kevin Feige, okay? Kevin Feige knows that on May 2nd or 4th, 2012, there has got to be a movie in theaters. It doesn't matter if enough character is displayed or if, you know, Ed Norton feels like that Bruce Banner gets his due in this film. What matters is that it's it's a product, it's got effects, it's booming, there's action, and it's it's branded and it's out there, okay? That's the way he's thinking. So if you have any kind of trouble in the mix, why not just hire someone who you could say, look, before we bring you on here, let's just get a deal. This is the script. Don't say shit. Read your lines, and you're done, right? Because obviously that's what that's what they they're looking for at this point. The way that uh, Faze uh, categorized it in his thing is basically he's saying all these other actors aren't giving us any shit. So you don't, why should you think you get to give us any shit and have any say in this? So that's what they're looking for, obviously, if that's their true motivation. And it's not indeed a money thing. So there you go. I mean, we've seen them do this before. Do you think Josh Whedon has any power on this movie? Right. That's the question. Why would you even hire Joss Whedon then? See, that's the problem. Does Kevin Feige get to come in and look at Joss Whedon's cut and go, ha, 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 162 minutes? You got to be kidding me. Right. <laughs> and take it away and chop it down to 119 minutes? I mean, what happens? Who, who's in control Well, here? see, that's the question is that it's not appearing that Joss Whedon's in control when we got all this mess going on, right? 
Uh, Josh Whedon didn't even make a statement. So the question is, or at least I, don't, I haven't heard it yet, uh, the question is, you're right, who's in control? And who will get the final say? And if it's these product pushers, you know, then that's just too damn bad because we know that Josh Whedon is a, is a fine filmmaker. He's proven it. With his television shows well, and his and Serenity, so the you know problem- his heart's in the right place, taking on this dream job to try to realize this sure. film. That I just think you're almost asking for trouble taking on this project. Well, see, that's the danger here, and the danger sign to Marvel fans and and, and superhero film fans everywhere. As we see this happening, because then you see the control is falling into the hand of the suits instead of the hands of the fans. Because when you hear that Joss Whedon, who is a comic book writer himself, uh, was brought on board, everyone gave a great cheer and said, it's one of us. One of us is doing this. This is going to be great. But you know what? Before Joss Whedon was came on, May 4th, 2012 was was marked, Okay. And the problem is that, is that you've got the machinery who's got the Hollywood playbook about no troubles, this is product, rush it through the train mill. Besides this, they're also making two other films right now that are chugging away in this, in this mill machine. It's really insane what they're doing. And this all has to do with their schedule. I mean, remember we said that we're going we're gonna to be so stupid. Uh, full of superhero Marvel superheroes by the time Avengers even gets to us because we're doing what we're going to do Thor Captain America and Avengers in one year you know no, or- I think Thor and Captain America are next year oh and then yeah. the Avengers would be 2012 <laughs> they haven't even shot a, a stitch of Captain America yet no it's next year and this is a standard thing I mean this is a standard argument it's just that you know, there's no time to reconsider. There's no time to reshoot. There's no time to um, uh, let things breathe and to figure it out. I mean, this is the same thing with Hollywood when we've got that date sitting out there in front of us. But again, like you said, this is different because there's two other things chugging away at the same time that's that's certainly got many people attached that are going to go from Thor to Captain America to Avengers. There's just going to be a machine to get this accomplished, you know, and and. So it's it's a different circumstance. It's almost like Marvel, the, t- the TV series, and they've got this machinery going. Now, could it still be good? Well, sure, I hope so. We're already seeing the fact that Marvel doesn't trust Joss Whedon unless Joss Whedon put this machinery into it. And, and well, Marvel proves – look what they prove with Iron Man 2. They prove they can get a movie in the theater on time, on budget, on date. Well, no problem. No, no, but but what I'm saying. Well, let me tell you this also. Is that we, we don't know. I mean, Josh Whedon could have told Faye, said, you know, get this guy off my back. We got to get him out of here, or we're never going to get this movie done. He wants to take it in a completely different way. We don't know what happened behind those closed doors. So it could be that Norton. It was just you know, it's like he wants to direct the film, and that, that's obviously not going to happen. So it could be that Faye is the fall guy here, and Josh Whedon just said, get this guy out of here. We can't. We're not going to be able to get this. Yeah, film but done. you still don't release a press statement like that. You. Stay sure. professional. It's always creative differences or something polite. You know, we hope to work together on another project sometime. All that standard stuff you always hear. Right. No, I agree completely. But uh, 
there's a danger here in the area that we're talking about. Is there a danger? Is anyone going to – are they going to sell one less ticket opening weekend based on this decision today? No, but you know what? There's there's goodwill when it comes to radical fanboy comic book heroes. It's a very well, different come on. thing. How about you and I? Why don't we not go see it opening weekend as our protest? Why don't we say, you know what? Screw you, Marvel. You're not getting my Friday, Saturday, or Sunday cash. I'm going to make you hurt just that little bit, just that, that 1050 on that opening weekend. <laughs> well, I'll make them wait anyways because I don't want to have to sit through watching them film with a bunch of 16-year-olds. But what I'm saying is, is that there's, the danger here is that you piss off certain people and, the, and there's not goodwill and they don't trust you. And, you know, and there's lowered expectations and that kind of thing. So I don't know. I mean, will it affect the bottom line? I don't think they care. They All they know is that they're going to put out a poster that has Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, you know, and Hulk on it, and you're going to go. It could easily be the same ruckus that ended up being Wolverine. I'm sure a lot of Marvel fans are like, whoop, whoo, Wolverine, Wolverine. Are you kidding me? How can it not be the same ruckus? As Wolverine and Iron Man 2. That's what you need to be asking yourself. Forget Josh Whedon for a second. Just think about who's in control and who's making these things. If Josh Whedon is control, I trust that it could be not Wolverine. But if these numbnuts who've just made all this mess happen and said stupid shit in the press are in control, well then yeah, it's going to get torpedoed probably. Because all they're worried about is their bottom line and rushing it out and their toys and all that kind of crap. It's two different schools, and that's why Ed Norton lost in this situation is because he's from the school of let's make the best film possible, and Faze is from the school of let's make a film that can make a great trailer, get butts in seats, and it's just fine. It can be just fine. It doesn't have, you know, don't try to make a masterpiece here. Let's just make a movie that gets people in the, in the seats, and if it's, if it's good enough, it's good enough, just like Iron Man 2. Hey, didn't Iron Man 2 make over $300 million? Yes, it did. Good enough, right? See, that's the issue. It's just good enough. That's what audiences today expects. Good enough. You know, listen to the way they're talking about Predators now. Oh, it wasn't great, but it was good enough. Good enough for what? To be bored for an hour and a half or something? You know, (laughs) I want a movie to be great. A movie like The Avengers should be great. It has to be one of the best of, of that kind of genre. It needs to be like Ocean's Eleven kind of of that kind of thing. It needs to really work in that kind of give-and-take ensemble way. You know, there needs to be a lot of great banter between them. They all need to help each other out. We've been denied that, I guess, in the live-action arena. We've had it in all the others. So it's kind of like that sort of last thing We've been waiting to see. We still have not gotten a live-action Superman, Batman, Super Friends-type team-up. Right. Uh, So, I mean, really, this is going to be the first time we're going to get our big team-up of of costumed heroes on the big screen. Right. So that is a big, big thing for all of us that grew up, you know, reading and imagining and watching the the animated versions of that kind of thing, that idea. So I'm an interested party just like everybody else is out there. Because Hollywood has let you down so many times. The only way that you can manage it, and this is everybody, is to just kind of just throw it off and say, eh, you know, whatever. I expect it to be dirt shit. 
Um, and so I'm not going to get excited. That's the, that's self-preservation, man. That's that's what's happening now. And I'm pissed about it because I think I should be able to be excited about going into a movie that has Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, uh, you know, and everybody. That's, that's fantastic. You should be excited about the first trailer, the first poster, the, all the characters. The point posters. is, is that I mean, we should be excited about it. It's the team up that we've not seen our entire lives. It's got a damn good director behind it. So I think that I should be able to say that. And the problem with this is, is that, okay, and I'm not telling you that the movie's going to be ruined because Ed Norton's not in it, okay? Uh, you know, what are they talking? Now, now, the latest talk now is Mark Ruffalo, okay? Whatever. I mean, I don't hate the guy, but I mean. Are they going to come back around to Eric Bana and just offer it to him again? I'd be excited. I think he was great. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. It, he'll be Bruce Banner, and we'll get used to it. And they'll show him in trailers, and they'll show him on posters. At this juncture, we're looking at the power struggle. And the power struggle, instead of saying artistic, good fan movie, it's saying product, 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 product. We don't want anyone giving us any grief. We're making a product. We're aiming toward May 4th, 2012. Don't stand in our way. Okay? So instead of looking optimistic toward this thing, we're saying, oh, God, it's, it's mimicking everything we've seen in the past. It's mimicking Iron Man 2. And, and that's what we can expect. And so when we walk in and we see another lukewarm, uh, dead you know, middle-of-the-road thing that's not terrible, but okay. I mean, isn't that just the worst damn thing that we can have? You know, it's like, wow, they just spent millions of dollars and the one chance to team up all these people, and they made something lukewarm. It's, it's looking that way, and that's, I think, the most discouraging thing of where it's headed is that it doesn't discourage me that Josh Whedon is involved, that these actors are involved. And I can even live with the fact that Ed Norton is is not going to be in it. What I don't like is that this Kevin Feige bastard child of Tom Rothman and Avi Arad is walking around swinging his dick, saying stupid shit, and uh, hissing all over the guy who helped make them a money-making film. Yeah, it didn't lose money. I mean, I think it did what the first Hulk did, or maybe just slightly better. What is not being said here? that people, I think, need to come to grips with is I think the Hulk grossed what the Hulk grossed based on the interest in the Hulk. Right, exactly. I mean, maybe, maybe we have an inflated opinion that Hulk should be doing Batman numbers. Right. I mean, I think Hulk's doing Hulk numbers. The people that want to see Hulk, see him. Even if you look at Hulk on the screen, he's not been a hero yet. He's just been a monster. No. He right. hasn't had a chance. At the end of this film, we saw, okay, wait a minute. Now that he can control it, maybe now he can be a hero, okay? But until then, those two films focused on him being a Jekyll and Hyde, and that was it. Him maybe trying to get a little bit of control over there, but he certainly wasn't a hero, maybe up until the end when they had to push him off the helicopter so he could fight the big rhino guy or whatever that character was. Right. But we never even got a chance... To get into the hero side of the Hulk. So that's what makes this opening scene of the Avengers or one of the opening little vignettes so exciting is it can just be a Hulk vignette right. of him in a type of rescue superhero type mission. 
And then he zaps out of it and he's Edward Norton, you know, and someone brings him up a beer or something to drink or something, you know, because he's exhausted or whatever. <laughs> right. But it could just be a camaraderie type moment. No, it's a shame because I'd like to see the energy between him and Robert Downey Jr. I think it would be good because, you know, Downey Jr. is a brilliant scientist and so is Bruce Banner. I want to hear right. how they uh, would, how do they do their ping pong. Well, see, and the problem is, is that the, it'll still be in there in the script. You'll, you know, hopefully, you'll still have those characters with the, the ability to ping pong back and forth. The problem is the magic will be diminished because now we're picturing someone on the caliber of Ed Norton being there to pull it off. And the character of Bruce Banner that he brought to life in the previous film. The thing that was one, the one truly good thing about that film was Ed Norton. Well, and this is what Ed Norton buys you. And it's what Robert Downey Jr. buys you. We have no trouble accepting them as brilliant or as very smart men. Right. Oh, absolutely. They don't have to sell it. If it, you know, if it's if it's Keanu or Paul Walker or you know somebody else out there, Whoa. it's a little bit harder. It's like when Denise Richards is trying to play a, a physicist and, <laughs> and the world's not enough. We don't buy it. We'll watch it. We'll be entertained by it, but we don't ever believe it. Exactly. Well, we never have problem with the believability, even though it's as far out as Hulk. And Iron Man, that's what makes casting really good actors such a smart idea, and especially ones that we have no trouble accepting as smart or brilliant, because we'll go with them. We, we right. buy it right away. You know what's funny? Do you think if uh, Robert Downey Jr. all of a sudden decided that he wanted to change the script and have some script control, that Kevin Feige would be saying the same thing? You think that? No, yeah, I don't. Th I think that, Kevin that, Feige would be fucking fired for the rest of his life off of Marvel. <laughs> That's two hit Iron Man movies he's got. They want Iron Man three, I bet. You know, he's the three hundred million dollar man, and the fact that he's going to take a bit part in this ensemble uh, film and it's not an Iron Man movie is only good for them. Now, let me ask you this: Can they make Iron Man three? Without Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, exactly. Not. Can it be done? I'm asking you. <laughs> no, it can't. It can't be done. It cannot. He owns that role. Period. Imagine the same problem going on right now. Face puts out a little terse thing. Oh, we don't just, well, you got a problem with Robert Downey Jr. Can you believe it? <laughs> Iron Man starring who? Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, no, no. No, they would have to go young. So it would be Iron Man, you know, Junior or whatever. The thing, it's, people would laugh it off. You know, but don't you think it'd still do a hundred million? Well, of course. People... Like if they did what they're doing with the Spider-Man series, and they just go, you know what? Let's just make another Iron Man movie for like sixty, <laughs> real cheap. You can take anything that's branded and make a certain amount of money with it, but you're certainly not going to have a runaway hit on a lukewarm movie like Iron Man Two. That's for sure. This is the interesting thing about messy Marvel of where I think they are right now because they're taking characters and, and scenarios and situations that should keep me more invested in the Marvel Universe and they're turning me off. It's like Spider-Man right now. Right. I so don't care about the new movie yeah. at this stage. I, I, and maybe that's the best place to be because anything good about it will turn me on. And anything bad about it will just kind of keep me in the same spot. But I think the real big issue here is, of course, going to be the 3D we have to sit through. <laughs> Did you see that today? That they announced that Thor and Captain America would be processed into 3D 
after the fact. <laughs> Great. And don't you love how they're spinning it? It's like, well, we've got enough time to do it right. <laughs> yeah, instead of shooting it that way. <laughs> well, we're not going to shoot it that way, but we've got enough time to where, you know, instead of trying to do the whole movie in three months, we can do it in five. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take a pass on every, you know, fake uh, wannabe 3D at this point. Well, think about it. At this point, Michael Bay is shooting Transformers 3 in 3D. He wasn't about to even go down that road. He said, all right, I'm sucking it up. I'm going to take the camera. If you have to, to work. if that's an issue these days, then you have to. You're better off that way than doing the conversion. Well, look at Resident Evil. Look what they did. Yeah. <laughs> if Resident Evil can do it, why can't Thor? Why can't Captain I America? Mean, can't you see the late. new Transformers 3 trailer? Shot with the camera and pace 3D camera system. <laughs> but in Michael Bay vision. We personally borrowed James Cameron's camera. <laughs> God. Uh, oh, God. Can't do three. We can't again with the 3D. Yeah. It, I, I, it's going to be with us. I don't think we can, we can escape it. You know, we might be like Tom Cruise in War of the Worlds, just dodging things left and right while everything's going off around us, <laughs> you know, and never get hit. But we can't avoid it forever. Well, the whole deal is that, you know, uh, again, we know where Marvel's heart is, according to what's going on with Ed Norton. <laughs> they would be foolish not to want to charge people 15 bucks instead of 10 Just the Comic-Con appearance on stage of all of them together. Would have just been enough to goose everybody for the next two years it's going to take, or a year and a half, you know, for it to even come out. Oh, that's why this is all so, going on right now. That's why there's. Are getting, you going to get real excited about this new Bruce Banner? Yeah. Even if it is Mark Ruffalo? Who we've never it's seen. It's going to be like, who are you? You haven't proven yourself as Bruce Banner yet. Exactly. That's that's the point, is that they're all going to stand on that stage, and then, you know, Ruffalo will be up there, and it'll be like, ah, God, it could have been really cool. In the end, think about this. They had to do it now and then let it die down a little bit before Comic-Con. Because if their intent was to get their cast together, and we'll see if that's what they do, and someone else walked up there instead of him, instead of Norton, that would have been some pretty hot – You know, that would have been the, the big news coming out of Comic-Con is that you know the way they announced that he wasn't going to be involved was by bringing someone else up. So in a way – they had – it's almost like, you know, cutting you off at the past before they got to the big event because Comic-Con's not to, supposed to be nothing but good, 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 good. You know, press, 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 sell, press. Sell, 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 sell. Sell, 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 sell. Exactly. And so if they made – if they had to make an announcement there that would bring everybody down, there would be all this disappointment. And instead of them saying good things about Avengers, all they would have to say is, oh, my God, well, they, you know, they can their Bruce Banner. You know, how good how good is that? So if anything, you'll see them cutting it off at the pass before that happens, and we'll see how that turns out. But don't you think you're going to still get that anyway? Oh, to a certain extent. But if everyone knows ahead of time and they've had two weeks to digest it, it's not going to be the big shock coming out of Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, I get, I get you. Yeah, you're right. It eases into it and whatnot. Right. Now it just depends on who they pull out of the hat to play the role. And how it appeases the fanboys and well, the non-fans. And Mark Ruffalo else. is certainly, if, if indeed he's the one who gets it, I, I don't know what they're thinking. They're thinking, hey, we want to get a good actor. Well, yeah, he's a good actor. But he certainly you know, not, doesn't have any kind of appeal. At the very least, Ed Norton was from Fight Club. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And most people who like superhero movies probably loved Fight Club as well, at least uh, male adults. So, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. I'm disappointed. The movie won't be ruined. They, they they can always make a great movie, and I'll be all for it. But it would have been just a little bit more magic, I think, if Ed Norton would have been there. Because if, if all the other actors are coming from the other films, it's a shame that he's not there. And uh, kind of to wrap it up, I wanted to end. I wanted to tell you what he said uh, uh, in the article. It says, either way, Norton is moving on after posting a statement Monday on Facebook. And this is Ed Norton uh, talking. As most of you know, I don't like to talk much about the business of making movies because it means a lot to me to protect the audience's fullest enjoyment of the magic that films can have. But I am so appreciative of the outpouring of support from fans of The Hulk and The Avengers that I feel it would be rude not to respond. So here goes. It seems it won't work out for me to continue playing Bruce Banner for Marvel in The Avengers. I know this is disappointing to many people, and that makes me sad, but I am very sincerely grateful to Marvel for extending the offer, and even more so for giving me the chance to be part of the Hulk's long and excellent history. So, you know, leave it to him to, to leave on a good note. If Marvel didn't do it, at least he stood up and said, okay, we didn't get along, it didn't work out, that's too bad, but thanks for the road we went down with, with uh, the Hulk, at least in one film. You're listening to the Hollywood Saloon.